we are hoping to show you just what is possible out there in our strange and wondrous world. One of the dogs started to howl. Almost immediately, all 400 dogs that were there started to howl along with it. We travel for business. We travel for pleasure. The conditions can change so quickly, and it became very challenging to maneuver that kayak. We travel to expand our minds. Of course, the most dangerous animal in Africa is the hippo. More people are killed by hippos than anything else. Whether it's one state over. I was looking for a longer treatment, like 90 days, six months, and my treatment plan was to go hike the Appalachian Trail. Or halfway around the globe this fantastic high desert. You watch the sky at night, so you just see the Milky Way and shooting stars. If the world's a book, why only read one page? I'm Elizabeth Hill, and you're listening to a WAMC Northeast Public Radio production. This is Postcards from the Road. Support for Postcards from the Road comes from CEFQ, serving banking, insurance, and investment needs with more than 30 branches across the greater capital region. Also offering assistance to local nonprofit organizations through CEFQ's community support program. CEFQ, changing lives every day. CEFQ.com. In April of 2012, then 22-year-old director and producer Holly Ray set out on an adventure of a lifetime. Covering 10,000 miles over a six-month period, Her journey across the United States with co-producer Sarah Landis turned into a four-year adventure, The Goddess Project, determined to empower the feminine voice. Packing their lives into a mini school bus that ran on waste vegetable oil from California, Ray and Landis hit the road. Through powerful conversations with over 100 women from various walks of life, The Goddess Project gives an intimate look into a collective experience that women face in the United States. Ray says that it was a pact between her and Landis that started it all. Myself and my partner slash best friend, Sarah, who were feeling really frustrated with the media and the lack of platforms for women to share their stories, the lack of female directors and the lack of role models that existed at that time when we started the project. And we wanted to do something about it. So did you contact women before you had left on your six months across the United States? Or was it mainly you found people in the cities that you showed up in and had off-the-cuff conversations? Exactly, yes. It was very spontaneous, as I'm not sure if you saw, but we traveled in a really beautiful painted bus. That was uh, a collaboration with an artist named Michelle Robinson. I was going to ask you about the bus. (laughs) It's absolutely (laughs) awesome. Thank you so much. So we traveled in that bus, and because we were in such a beautiful, eye-catching bus, as we went from city to city, we sort of had a rough idea of, like, some of the states that we wanted to travel to, but we hadn't pre-planned exactly our route, and we hadn't pre-planned the people we were going to talk to. So as we would show up in each new city, we'd stop at a coffee shop or, you know, a rest stop or a local uh, cafe to get some lunch, and people would just basically come up to us everywhere we were. Some people would even come up to us at gas stations, tweet at us while we were driving next to them on the highway. So it was a really uh, word-of-mouth adventure, and that's pretty much how we found all of the women that we interviewed. How did you modify it to run on waste vegetable oil, and how did you fund your six months road tripping across the U.S.? 
So we actually had a Kickstarter campaign. This was sort of right around the beginning of Kickstarter when it had first came out. We had heard about someone doing it to fund a fashion line that they were building. We thought it'd be so cool to use this platform to try to make a documentary, to try to make a feature film that shared women's stories. And it went through a couple different ideas before we decided to like travel the road. We were first going to see if we could connect with other filmmakers around the world and have them sort of film their communities. And then we realized, you know, maybe we should just take the responsibility and try to travel around the country and film as many women as we can by ourselves. So when we committed to this project, we basically sold everything that we owned and we had a Kickstarter campaign. We were living in San Francisco at the time and we raised a little over $10,000 to make the movie. And that was from people that we knew, but a lot of strangers and people from all around the world. So it was a great confirmation that other people felt like they wanted to see a more variety and representation for women in the media. And after we raised the money, we didn't know how we were going to travel across the country. That was sort of our purpose of selling everything to be able to buy some sort of van or vehicle that we could live out of. And as we got closer and closer to moving out of our apartment and getting rid of all of our stuff in San Francisco, we had this serendipitous encounter. One day we were meeting one of our friends who lived in Berkeley and we went over to her house. She had this kind of co-op living situation. You know, amazing people were sort of coming in and out all the time and having different guests. And one day when we showed up at her house, there was a school bus parked outside And this guy was out there and she said, you have to meet my friend Chirp. He just rolled in in his bus from Tennessee. It was really minimal. He basically just had a seat and a piece of plywood in the back. That was a bed and a couple of like little cabinets that he had built. And we started talking to him about, you know, his travels. And he explained that he had been just kind of traveling around the country and he just had driven there from Nashville and that he converted this bus to run on vegetable oil. So that day I was like, this is amazing. What do you mean? It was free oil. He's like, yeah, I picked it up from restaurants and there's whole communities and forums of people that have vehicles that they've converted to run on vegetable oil. And it's extremely sustainable. It's good for the environment and it saves a lot of money if you're looking to do long distance travel. So I actually had a notebook that day and was taking notes and advice from him about how we could possibly buy a van and convert it ourselves because we are, we're on such a small budget to make a feature film, travel right. across the country <laughs> and, you know, accomplish all of these big goals that we had. So he used a site, I believe it's called wastevegetableoilconversions.com. And he basically bought this kit from this website. They make different kits based off of, you know, whether you have a Ford or a Mercedes or what kind of brand car you have. And so he explained it to us and he wasn't a mechanic or anything. He said, it's a fairly simple process. You, You know, they send you the directions and we probably talked to him for 20 minutes and you know, went on our way, hung out with our friend that day. And then a couple of weeks later, we were just about to move out of our apartment in San Francisco. And I, I went to a, meet my friends at a music festival. And that same guy happened to be there. And he said, you know, I've been thinking and 
I really love your guys' idea about making this movie to empower women. And I've been traveling for a long time, and I've been thinking about it, but I think I want to give you my bus. He literally said, let me think about it overnight, but I'm pretty sure I want to give it to you. Sure enough, he called and he was like, I'm actually going to move all of my stuff into this little closet, including his bed. And he lived out of that bed (laughs) Um, until his next adventure. I think he ended up moving back to Tennessee and he basically said, you can do whatever you want with it and you can keep it for as long as you need it. And, you know, whenever you're done with it, I'll take it back. (laughs) How did you get in contact with the artist that decked it out with all the vibrant colors? So that was kind of another serendipitous thing. Uh, Once we had, you know, packed into the bus, moved out of San Francisco, got back down to L.A., we decided that, you know, painting the bus and putting a sign on it that said, we're looking for inspiring women in your community would be a great way to not only spread the word about our mission to make this film, but also meet people and also just like bring joy into people's lives because who doesn't love a beautifully painted bus? So we started to kind of think about doing it ourselves. And one day I was on Tumblr just scrolling. I used to store a lot of women-centric art as inspiration for the animation for the film. And I remember seeing this artist, Michelle Robinson, and her art just struck me. It was so powerful and beautiful and feminine but also masculine in a way. It just had this really amazing balance of everything that I loved and it was intricate. And I remember uh, sending her a message through her website and just saying, your work is incredible. We're doing this project and we have this bus and we want to paint it and we don't have any money, (laughs) but would you be interested in, you know, working on this bus with us? And she literally responded in an hour or so and was like, yes, I'd love to paint it for you. Yeah, it was like a couple days later, we met her at a cafe in LA and we bought all the paint and supplies. And it was over like two or three days that we painted the bus and we had some volunteers, friends help out sort of getting the base layers down so she could paint the more intricate stuff over it. And yeah, it turned out beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) Was this adventure everything you thought it would be? Was there anything that surprised you? You know, with any adventure, I think you have preconceived notions or ideas of what it's going to be like or what you might experience. From the very beginning, we had sort of like a list of things that we wanted to see, you know, just sort of like historical monuments or, you know, just little things along the way. And we actually didn't end up seeing any of the things that we planned on because we were just so busy with filming and meeting people. And the film really became our priority. But I think overall, like one of the main surprises especially traveling as women you know you get this message of like be careful out there the world's out to get you people are out to take advantage everywhere you turn is danger and we got that message constantly even on the road at every gas station people would be like be careful ladies you know it was the number one message that we heard was be careful and so going into that you do have a little bit of fear you know sleeping on the street, not on the street, you know, but in the bus, bus, on on a random street every night and in a new city and not knowing whether it's a safe place or not. We did sort of have a lot of fear to overcome in order to do this, but we were really shocked at just how incredibly generous and kind people were and how they showed up to help us every step of the way. 
like our bus didn't have any amenities. It didn't have a kitchen. It didn't have a toilet. It didn't have a shower. It didn't have water. We didn't have a fridge. It was like camping in a tin box, basically. <laughs> so we had the, the luxury of like a shelter around us, but it was really eye-opening to just live without these kind of creature comforts that we all get really used to, like a warm shower or a warm meal or even like an ice cube for your drink in the hot summer, you know, all these things. We were just incredibly grateful and shocked at how many people would show up or even just drive by and be like, do you girls need anything? Or so many men and women, but like, of course, women usually will support women doing a project like this, but like so many men would come up to us and leave a $20 bill on our dashboard with a little love note that said like, this is amazing. I can't wait to show my daughter your movie. I hope this $20 helps you get that much further, you know? And it's just like all these little acts of kindness just kind of kept propelling us forward every time we wanted to give up. Every time we thought it was too hard or hot or, yeah. <laughs> you know, challenging, we just kept meeting these people who believed in us and they believed in what we were doing. And whether it was like inviting us into their homes for a meal or letting us take a shower, every little act of kindness was just super amazing. And yeah, really challenge this idea that the world is out to get you and that you should be afraid because while you should be aware as you're traveling, I think when you go about traveling with that mindset, then it really kind of can ruin your experience. Whereas if you think, wow, there's so many amazing people and opportunities and my heart is open to every experience, then you actually sort of attract those kind of people and experiences. Was there anything that challenged you personally? Any situation that you were put in that really challenged you? As far as like our roles with within the film, within traveling, I definitely tended to be the person who was interviewing, who was sort of walking up to random people and <laughs> asking them questions and seeing who we could meet. So that that's always felt pretty natural to me. I love communicating with people. I love hearing their stories. And I love like stepping outside of my comfort zone. But at that same time, you know, when you're hearing so many stories, and some of them are can be really emotional or about really traumatic experiences. And when you're doing that day in and day out every single day, on top of that, also having like people really adamant about wanting to share their stories. Like some days you just wanted to have a break, you know, (laughs) some days you just kind of wanted to crawl into the little hole that is your bus and sort of just take a breather. And because the bus was so beautiful, we literally could never go even an hour without someone knocking on the door, you know, and we're right. like, gosh, we're just trying to have, you know, dinner in peace. <laughs> but we we were grateful for that. But, you know, it did, it did prove to be a challenge after six months. I think that both of us felt like we really missed having our own space, you yeah. know, not only being around so many other people, but also being in such close quarters with each other, <laughs> you know, without amenities. It, it was a challenge for sure. How did hearing these women's stories help to overcome your own struggles and your own obstacles? We interviewed so many different types of women with different careers from different socioeconomic statuses, you know, different religions, lifestyles. 
people in cities, people in rural towns where they lived on horse property or farms or in trailers. You know, we just met just this beautiful spectrum of people. So it was really amazing to see how similar many of our struggles really are, like regardless of where we live or how we go about our daily lives. And I think seeing and hearing that many stories from that many different women and sort of being able to have the luxury of of taking those stories and figuring out how those pieces fit together in order to make a movie. Not only did we interview them, but we listened to these stories over and over and over again for years afterwards to try to figure out how to put it into a movie. It was just incredibly eye-opening and insightful, and I learned so much not only about being a woman and sort of what causes and breeds the insecurities that so many of us have, whether it's the media, whether it's pressure from society, our parents, our schools, the people surrounding us telling us how to look and be and do. You know, we all have those pressures in one way or another. And to sort of just hear it from so many different types of women, you know, also see how they're navigating life and overcoming their personal obstacles. It just, I feel like it equipped me with this giant toolbox (laughs) of things that I can do, you know, whenever I'm feeling down, it's funny, even sometimes I'll be in a bad place. And my mom will say, you need to watch your own movie. (laughs) You know, because it's true. I've watched it 1000s of times at this point. But every time I watch it, I get something new out of it. And a lot of people have told me that certain people host the screenings of the film hundreds of times. And I'm like, aren't you sick of watching this? And (laughs) They're like, no, we see something new in it every time. And I think because there are so many women's stories and there are so many pearls of wisdom and diverse ways in which people deal with and overcome the obstacles they face. I just feel like, yeah, I have all of that with me now. And it's just proved to be incredibly helpful navigating my life. You know, every time I feel like giving up or that something's too challenging, I just I do. I think back to one woman or the other and how they told me they overcame something. So it's just been amazing. And I I felt so much more mature and wise, if that makes sense, yeah. uh, after interviewing so many women, especially of different ages. And one thing for sure that that was really important for us and that continues to be something that I think about till this day is I think our current society is so obsessed with youth culture and the young people and their opinions and thoughts and what they're creating. Well, that's absolutely amazing. But so many older women in particular feel like after 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, that they're irrelevant, you know, that their stories don't matter anymore, that they're invisible. And those are the people, women and men who have, been through the most and seen the most and they have the most wisdom and so to be able to interview women of older age that were my grandma's age or older it was just incredible it was like almost like getting this building this family right (laughs) to be so vulnerable and open up about some of the things that they shared I just yeah it was amazing the goddess project came out in 2017 What are you up to now? How has the brand grown? Do you have any new projects on the horizons? Since 2017, well, we went through 
a couple of different phases with the film. It took us about four years to edit it. And one of the reasons why it took so long was because it was really important for us to hire women. And you may or may not know, like there's a huge discrepancy as far as the amount of women compared to men in the film industry behind the scenes. There's a lack of women's stories being told in front of the camera, but that tends to be because usually the people pulling the strings and holding the camera and directing the shots are men and, and funding the projects, to be honest. Yeah. So um, when we got back, actually, we were completely out of money. It was pretty naive, naive of us to think that we could travel all the way around the country and make a feature-length film for $10,000. <laughs> but so when we got back, we had a, another Kickstarter campaign. And that time we raised over $50,000. Wow. And that was people from all around the world. By that time, we had sort of built a platform and an audience. And because of that money and all of these generous people that stepped up to help us finish the film, we were able to hire a team of artists, of sound designers, composers, animators, colorists, all women, mainly in LA, but also all around the world that we work with remotely to help tell these women's stories in a way that most documentaries aren't you know a way that was really visually beautiful and captivating that was something that was important to us from the very beginning once we did finish the film actually we had a longer version of it it was over two hours and we started to screen it and signed on with a distributor and got a lot of feedback that this film is amazing but it's too long and you need to cut it down that's actually why the final film didn't end up coming out until 2017 because I actually had to go back and re-edit it so from 2017 on it's been screening all around the world now at this point it's translated into Dutch Hebrew Portuguese French and every day we're working on new languages It's quite expensive to translate the film into new languages. So that's something we're constantly trying to fundraise for and create more opportunities, especially for women in countries where they don't have access to this type of inspiration at all. Like some places in the Middle East, I would love to be able to reach them with this film. That hasn't been a possibility yet, but I'm not giving up on that dream. (laughs) So since 2017, this the film has been screening and I had the opportunity to travel a lot with it and go to Q&As and speak about the film and the process of making it in all different kinds of environments from universities to movie theaters to prison, women's prisons, women's oh, wow. shelters, all kinds of um, incredible places that I would have never foreseen that I could you know, share something I made. This year, actually, I've sort of finally, I wouldn't say moved on for the project because it's still something that I work on daily, but I've just started brainstorming now for the next project. And I can't really speak on what those are, but it, it has something to do with highlighting stories that are not often told. So we met through a solo female social media group on Facebook. And I saw your post and I was inspired to get in touch with you and to talk with you. What advice do you have for women of all ages after going through this adventure and putting together this brand? 
so many people and women see what we did and they say, oh my gosh, that's my dream. I would love to travel the country like that or it's my dream yeah. to travel the world. And I think that if that is your dream, which it always has been a dream of mine and I continue to love to travel, but I think that it's a really great way to see the world is to have a project and to have sort of a mission and a purpose beyond just yourself because it allows you to immerse yourself in people's lives in a way that you're not doing if you're just a tourist visiting these sort of tourist locations or places. So I would really encourage people to think about how you can travel, but how you can maybe try to experience the ultimate depth within each place. And maybe that isn't, that doesn't require you to make a film or, you know, write a book or create some sort of project, but maybe you can just think about how you can really get to know people, get to know the community that you're traveling to and the people within it and what they're passionate about, what they care about and what drives them to get up every day. Because when you hear that from different people, I think it really helps you shape, not only is it inspiring, but it helps you sort of shape your place in the world and figure out where you fit in. And I don't know, the more people that I met and the more experiences that I had, I just, I don't know, I felt that much stronger and more confident in myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then a lot of people, they'll say like, this looks impossible. How could you do something like this? You know, (laughs) whether it's traveling or making a movie. And I'm not going to say it was easy. I mean, the process of living out of a bus, traveling in the hot summer and and trying to film a movie was really complicated. And then the process of fundraising money to be able to do it was very challenging. And then the process of actually distributing that film to try to reach people was crazy difficult and continues to be a challenge every day. It's almost like taking baby steps and just doing one thing at a time. And I think if you have a dream, even though it might seem crazy to a lot of people, which, you know, when I started this idea, pretty much everyone told me I was insane. (laughs) Five, six, seven years later, the dream actually is something tangible. And it's, I've been able to create something that will hopefully live beyond me and impact people in a positive way. I just like to share that no dream is too big and everything is possible. And the more excited you are about your dream and what you want to do and the more you tell everyone around you about it then they start to believe it too to learn more watch or request a screening of the goddess project in your community visit thegoddessproject.com postcards from the road is a production of wamc northeast public radio i'm your host and producer elizabeth hill our theme music is cherry blossom wonders by kevin mcleod As always, if you like what you hear, subscribe on your audio app of choice. Visit WAMCpodcasts.org for more information. If you would like to share your travel story with WAMC, email us at postcards at WAMC.org.